0: Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. I am Tyler Walzak. I'm here with Puya Ricey. And today's episode is brought to you by Kink. Are you big or are you a little? Find out at Kink. All right, Puya, we just got through the division. Uh, um,
1: sorry, what bro, that was, was the kink about? Did you got <laughs> something you want to share? Something to get off your chest?
0: What do you mean? We just spent twenty minutes talking about uh, fucking kinks for no reason at all, and uh, I ran with it. We, we, BetStep, didn't sponsor this episode, so I'm throwing it out to Kink. This goes to Kink. Is
1: that okay with you? Yeah, we getting tickets to the convention coming up or is there a where, convention
0: coming up where would that convention be kink
1: the convention center
0: what the kink is going to be able to rent out the convention center i thought the convention center would have like like a standards of like, i don't know
1: what the kink is i assume it's just like some show where like companies that sell kink related products and clothing. jesus
0: christ i all i typed in was kink vancouver like con, at kink vancouver convention center i i was, there's no way I'm going to be able to. There's a bunch of nonsense that's come up here. Fetish friendly conferences. Images, no, there's not. I didn't hit images. I'm afraid to hit images. I mean, like pictures of blue waffle and stuff. I don't want that. Ugh. Ugh. Um. Okay.
1: This is the darkest, weirdest episode we've ever tried to do here. What's going
0: on? <laughs> Maybe people have tuned in. Maybe we lose everybody in the first five minutes and they've kept, this time, they've stuck around a little bit longer. Ah. Uh. What about we don't know? We don't have any facts or or anything statistics based on like if people actually listen to us or when they tune well, out or when they don't tune out. So
1: I think they would have needed to hear that twenty minute conversation we just had to kind of understand this a little bit more. I think we're a little bit. I in,
0: think that twenty minute conversation party. made me more confused about kink than ever. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I, I, don't know. Nothing about it. I don't know nothing about it.
0: All I know is that I think Dak Prescott is a little. I think he's a little.
1: We're starting with Dak.
0: We'll start with Dak because that was probably the most entertaining game of the weekend. I think all of them were pretty disappointing. I mean, the Chiefs Jaguars game wasn't too bad, actually, which we thought was going to be a blowout. Um, the Cowboys Finder 49ers game was good, but it was very low scoring. Um, and so, now we're now we're let's just talk about Dak, let's talk about this offense, let's talk about that last play of the game
1: last week. Two weeks ago, we had the whole thing about Derek Carr versus Dak Prescott. Right. Then Dak had the game of his life for, you know, a game that mattered.
0: Five touchdowns against the, the Bucks.
1: And then this game, he didn't have the game of his life. He didn't have an amazing game, but he didn't have a terrible game. But what he did have was he had more turnovers than a rookie quarterback who didn't give the ball up until I I think he had one fumble. There was one fumble play, not from the the quarterback, but I think that was San Francisco's turnover, no? I think they only turned it over once.
0: Turned it over once.
1: Where Zach, he had some inopportune turnovers.
0: They had two. And yes, there was one that was terrible, like a brutal cannot happen in in a bad timing spot. Um, But I've seen some guys say, like some analysts say, Um, both male and female, um, that Brock Purdy outplayed Dak Prescott. I don't know if that statement is true.
1: I, I don't think he outplayed him in the sense of, you know, the week before Dak Prescott outplayed Tom Brady. Yes. Brock Purdy just didn't make the slightest mistake. And at this level in the season, a smaller mistake can cost you a lot more, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think Brock Purdy.
1: Nobody gives a shit.
0: Yeah, I don't think Brock Purdy did anything that made them win the game like the 49ers. Like the only thing he did was he didn't give up the ball.
1: He didn't do anything to make them lose the game. That's all.
0: Yeah, he just managed the game. That's all he had to do. Whereas I think Dak had more plays that helped Dallas, but also more plays that hurt Dallas.
1: Yeah, they were in the game. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't the 49ers game to lose, it was anybody's game. until pretty close to the end there and now do you not kind of see a resemblance of the Dak to kirk cousins of that last play of the game
0: that last play the last last play of the game where zeke elliott was center and snapped a ball to Dak. that's the last play you're talking about yeah what the fuck was that
1: again why i don't know why they're not going for more well you, just, you just also gave it to a guy and put him in a bad position. Like it didn't no, seem- the ball
0: was there must have been some type of like he catches the ball and then he's supposed to like throw it back immediately before even like landing on the ground. Because yeah. why do you have your blind men out wide like that unless you're trying to get the ball out there and have lead blockers? But even then, like your linemen as lead blockers are only gonna get you 15 yards up the field until your guy is too fast to be held behind them. So it should have just been like all tight ends at that point. Like and Zeke got blown up after he snapped that ball.
1: It, McCarthy stated that's what is what do he say? What was the words he used? That's a trick play we practice for a situation like this, something along those lines. Like a last minute Hail Mary type. Did it ever work in practice? Is my question. I don't know. it, it seems like an odd choice of play. Very risky.
0: Extremely risky. And I get, I get they had to go 80 yards and they probably weren't going to get a play that got them 80 yards, but they chose a play that didn't get them even a shot at trying to get 50 yards. It was just a weird play. Like, I, I don't know. And I don't think that play should sum up the game or the season for them. I just think that I honestly think the 49ers are just a better team and that Dallas shouldn't really beat themselves up too bad. But everyone in Dallas is losing their minds. Everybody's losing their minds about Dallas and that they should be better. But you come on, you, the 49ers might be one of the – like the 49ers might be the favorites. to like They could be sure, – they, they got as good a shot at the cut. Super Bowl yeah. as
1: anybody else out there. right now. Yeah, they're the best uh, offense in the league, the,
0: arguably. The thing
1: you got to say to Dallas is they had that defense held that explosive 49ers uh, team. How many touchdowns did they get? Was it what, two touchdowns, three touchdowns?
0: Two? Two, two touchdowns. Field goal. Touch of no, three field goals and one touchdown. Four field one goals, touchdown. one touchdown.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: One touchdown. That's so it. yeah, I mean the defense played out of their minds. Dak threw a touchdown. So it's uh, I mean I I would not blame anybody on either side for the way that this game turned out.
1: No. Do you think though Dak is one of these guys that this is this is his peak? He doesn't really have that yes. next level. Yes, to go I think this is,
0: I think this, I think Dak Prescott is Tony Romo, whereas I they can the get bad. like one or two wins in the playoffs, but they're not going any further than that. No. And someone on, I think on Sports Illustrated, I think it's Peter King, a uh, longtime senior writer for Sports Illustrated. I think he does the Monday morning quarterback segments. He said that he would, if he was starting a franchise right now, he would rather have, or if he had a team next year, he would rather have Brock Purdy than Dak Prescott. What are your thoughts about that statement?
1: Again, it's so hard to choose, but I get it because you know how many games has uh, Brock Purdy played in the NFL now? What is it, six games, seven games,
0: six to eight games somewhere around yeah. there?
1: It you know we've used the Carson Wentz uh, reference before. He had a what an eleven game stretch where he played MVP caliber,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so far though that was the eleven best games of his career. Yeah. Is it possible that Brock Purdy goes on a like a streak for a while and he looks amazing and then it just kind of plops uh, drops off? Yeah,
0: thousand percent.
1: But again, you got to give him the credit that what more was he supposed to do in those seven games? He's done nothing to suggest he won't be a good quarterback in the opportunities he's had. He's done everything that you would expect a great quarterback in the league to do within those games he's played. There's no evidence to the contrary of why he couldn't be a great quarterback in this league. So yeah, you know the ceiling with one of them. The you don't know the ceiling with the other one, and there's yeah. nothing to suggest. There's nothing to suggest his ceiling is very low. That so, yeah, statement
0: is that statement is what why I think that that it would be correct to have Purdy over Prescott. It's because you know Prescott's going to win one game in the playoff and then not. Like that's, it feels like he's hit a ceiling. We both agree on that. Whereas Purdy, you don't know what that ceiling is. You know that he might just be able to be a boring quarterback that doesn't throw touchdowns, but also doesn't throw interceptions and just get you two wins in the playoffs, three wins in the playoffs. But that's that statement there, where I think that the potential of Purdy getting you further is just a little bit more exciting to look at than the first round elimination with Prescott or the second round elimination with Prescott. That's where I think maybe that's what Peter King was trying to say. If again, if it was Peter King, I think it was, but that's where I could see like that's the justification that actually makes sense.
1: But that, like those turnovers at this time now, that's when it kills you for the fact that Brock Purdy is not making turnovers in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. Like that
1: is amazing. That is amazing. That's an amazing stat to have as a young guy who, uh, you know, I the Mr. Irrelevant thing is. You know, I think that's gone now. Like that's completely
0: Oh yeah. That's,
1: silly, right?
0: He will get if yeah, <laughs> he'll be on a team, I think he has like a three or four years under his rookie contract, but he'll he'll be on the San Francisco team
1: for four years.
0: And then probably if he keeps playing and if he starts next year, like they're saying he will, he'll be around this league for a while.
1: So what's the move? If he starts next year, you trade Garoppolo, keep
0: um well is a free agent, I believe. So he can go anywhere.
1: Right, but I mean you don't attempt to sign him. That's what I'm saying. You you uh, let yeah. the Garoppolo go and you I, keep Trey uh, Trey Lance on the uh the backup.
0: Yeah, I think you I think you let at this point, especially if you go to the Super Bowl, even if you lose in the Super Bowl, especially if you go to the Super Bowl, I think you know that Brock Purdy could start for you next year and you'll be happy with the other players around him. I also think that you have a backup in your mind like a backup plan, which was your original plan, which was draft Trey Lance to be the starter for this franchise for the next 10 years. That is still there. That can still be in play. So if you have more faith in Brock Purdy, that's fine because your backup plan was your original A plan anyways. Purdy's your C, D plan. Garoppolo was your B plan. Let him go. You're already ready to let him go last year. And then Trey Lance got hurt. But now there's another guy that plays just as like consistent as Garoppolo So you may as well let Garoppolo go. There's no point having him stick around. He can go to a team and start somewhere. There's five teams I can name off the top of my head that Garoppolo could start on next year.
1: That's. I don't think I could name five teams at any moment without stuttering. So,
0: (laughs) I actually believe that to be true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was another boring game, which you and I watched together.
0: Holy shit, that was such a bad game. New York Giants did not show up to that game, and we did watch it together with our other sponsors. That actually, if you're too afraid to go to the kink convention, if you're too shy, if you're too, if your anxiety levels are too high, or you're embarrassed, or you just don't know what it all is, or, you're just, or yeah, or are you like just like us, you or don't know is. what it is? Get yourself a matus. Now, get yourself a matus. have I a a
1: matus. It's nine dollars, and you'll get enough But get I also $9. feel that we know be, what we're talking up. about once again. Because, well, uh,
0: you, well, if you let me finish the promo I was cutting.
1: Well, I got to interrupt because that's my move. Pardon my interruption here.
0: Then finish uh, off the Matus. Tell everybody what the Matus is and why it can get you to that kink convention.
1: The thing is, I don't think anybody knows what we're talking about with this kink convention. Also, I don't think anyone knows what we're talking about the Matus because I don't think it's called Matus. I think What's it's it called Mateus. Mateus.
0: Nah. Nope.
1: Yeah. nope. It's a Portuguese slightly sparkling rosé wine.
0: This, it, yeah, and we drink it all the time.
1: That's and what I gets us sure, through these podcasts.
0: It is what gets us through these podcasts. And we did have a Mateus or a Matus. I'm pretty sure it's a Matus. Yeah. Mateus would, have like, Mateus would be like M A T I T H I A S would be a Mateus.
1: No, that's how you spell Mateus. However, it's just how would the Portuguese say it? We need to get a Portuguese person here. We'll settle for a Brazilian. Yeah. I, do, we know,
0: do we know a Brazilian or a Portuguese prison?
1: No. We, we got each other.
0: We just have each other. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't help anybody.
1: Anyway. Back to the game. <laughs> that was the highlight of the game. You got a nice the little Matus. pizza oven there.
0: A little pizza. We had some pizza and we watched the Matus uh, and we talked about how shitty this football game was. And it wasn't Thirty-eight to seven, Eagles win. We knew the Eagles were going to win. I thought that the Giants would cover eight points. They're up twenty-eight, nothing at one point, at half. Yeah, it's just, and then it was just over from there. And it was just it. There's nothing. The Giants looked dead. Daniel Jones is a free agent. I feel like he's good enough to have been able to come back. Um. To start for the Giants. I don't know if they have a better option than Daniel Jones at this point. Um, it certainly wasn't really all Daniel Jones' fault, um, in this game,
1: but, but... he did play differently than the other week. Did you not notice that? He, the it, one thing we were praising him for the other week was just his commitment to the run, yeah, when it wasn't there. You didn't really see him doing that the same way this week.
0: No, he didn't break out,
1: no and how often was there just the fastest three and out that you ever saw?
0: Oh, like we would get the ball be like, all right, let's hopefully they score here. And then before we could finish the sentence,
1: try and top up the wine.
0: Yeah. The matuse. The the ball again. Yeah. The Eagles had the ball again. It was brutal game. And I all of them kind of weren't great. Even the Bengals bills game like Bengals were all over them from the get go. Like, their defense just snuffed the Bills, and it was 14 nothing in the first quarter. And it was just like, okay, this isn't going to get
1: any better. So, I'll touch on the Bills, a sec, But if you had the two choices, I'm not saying, like, that you risk your team not winning, but I rarely get to watch my team blow out another team, where it's right. not even close. Does that kind of take away from the win for you as a fan? Obviously, the players, yeah. they want to win by as big as a margin. But don't you feel more fulfilled when you watch your team win a little bit of a closer, tighter game? No. Then because hear me out, hear me out.
0: I don't even want to hear you. But I think it's a ridiculous. Boring thing. as hell. No, it's RC, not. Yeah. It's not exciting to watch your team almost win a game. It is exciting to know that your team is going to win and move on. For a chance to win ultimate, the ultimate prize, Super Bowl, Stanley Cup, whatever we're talking about. It is not exciting. It is ridiculously heart-wrenching and stressful to watch a close game where it's the team that you love. I hate it. I hate it. I would much rather see a blowout every single time.
1: But that's what makes the highs worth it, is the lows. N- no. As Remember that
0: Jacksonville game? Against the Chargers? Sure, but we didn't care about either of those. Jacksonville fans probably, yeah, like loved that comeback. But also, it wasn't one of those things where it's a close game the entire time. Like At that point, they have nothing to lose, so just go crazy cheering for each touchdown as it comes. They're probably so far behind in their mind that they didn't think they ever could win. So when Jacksonville came back to win the game, it wasn't as stressful as it could have been. It's not as stressful as like a 7-7, 14-14, 21-21 type style game where just everyone keeps going back and forth because it is stressful to watch your team play and like knowing that everything's on the line. I don't like it.
1: No, but I feel like it's, it, it's more of a reflection of reality. Life is stressful. The, the good times are only the good times because they're in comparison to the bad times. That's what they're measured against.
0: Yeah, life just is stressful. I don't like it. Watching...
1: <laughs> these blowout games were nothing interesting is how Like it wasn't an interest. Sure. But we're talking about, see. like it's just not sure.
0: But we're talking about you. Sorry. You brought this up as in watching your team. You're right. If I don't give a shit about either team playing, which was the case for the, this entire playoffs, I don't care who wins what game does not matter to me. If Jacksonville or Kansas city wins, unless I have bets placed, but even those bets, I'm not a good better. So I don't care if I'm wrong because I'm wrong all the fucking time. But you phrased it as in your team, like your diehard team. That is not fun to watch your diehard team squeak out a win. It's also not fun to watch two teams you don't fucking care about and have a blowout game. But that's not fun either.
1: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I just still think at the end of the day, it after you get through all that gut-wrenching, it feels more fulfilling to have that victory where it actually there was some... Um, so, what I'm looking at is uh, some adversity to overcome.
0: Sure. I mean, looking back on the game after, yeah, you're like, wow, we overcame a 20 point deficit and we won the game. Ooh, we're awesome. Go, 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 go. Like, that's so excited. Let's go partying. During the game, when you're actually watching it, that's not fun. No one can convince me otherwise. Nobody can convince me that watching their team, talk to like another Maple Leaf fan, no one can convince me watching your team like, struggle to get through a game to squeak out a win is not a fun experience
1: no but especially the,
0: if your team is known to give up leads like the, from leads the Bruins
1: from the Bruins perspective being but down that's I mean. to be nothing that's a different back and winning it
0: sure but that's a different story because again you're down so far like so much that if you come back and win you come back and win but a certain fans mindset says ah shit we lost this game it's over it's for nothing but then they come back and win it's like oh my god we won that's amazing you know what I mean? Like that's the difference.
1: Sure. Moving don't just, on. So you mentioned the Bills. Sure.
0: Don't just sure me, and then we're not going to agree. On.
1: We 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 got to move on for just the sake of the quality of the programming here. We're not the gonna quality of the programming
0: was shut down once we started talking about kink. Twenty seconds into it,
1: I tried to shut that down too. I tried to move on. from that. One. <laughs> sure. So let's move on. <laughs> sure. Okay. When you do it, it's cool. Anyway, the the Bengals Bills game. Yes. You've been on this before. Of don't poke the bear. Don't add fuel to someone's fire. Don't motivate somebody when they don't, you know, like you're going up against somebody. You don't give them extra motivation to try and beat you. The Bengals seem to take it personally that they were selling neutral site tickets.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: For um the, uh, the chiefs and the uh, bills.
0: Yes. So because of that game that happened with DeMar Hamlin, where it was canceled, The NFL and all the coaches and players, not coaches, but not players, owners, whatever, whoever's in the committee, decided that there'd be a neutral site game if it was Bills versus Chiefs. Now, they sold at, uh, where was the game going to be played? Atlanta. Atlanta. They sold 50,000 tickets to Atlanta for the Chiefs Bills game ahead of time before this game even started, the Bengals Bills game even started. Now, they have to do
1: that. So, that was my question. Yeah. Is that a planning organizational move where it's it's if they don't start doing that now there's going to be a problem come game time when you know like when it's time to actually sell tickets. Was that I don't even
0: that- think it's an organizational thing. I think the NFL did it.
1: That's what I mean, like the NFL is an organization that they needed to do that in yes. order to procure the stadium, to get the rights, make sure that they could actually pay out the, the stadium owners for the, le- the leasing or whatever of the, the arena and all that. Was that a move for that? Or was it just, you know, hey, let's just try it early to see how it goes or whatever, you know, like was it a little bit negligence or was that an absolutely necessary move to have the game at a neutral site?
0: I think they have to have it as an, I you know, I don't know because there's. You look at any other sport, they won't sell tickets until you exactly. win that round.
1: Exactly. That's the that's that's the part where it's like, well, why are you doing this so early?
0: Yeah. that I, I don't know why they did it early. And the NFL is the one that did it. So they wanted to get ahead of a Chiefs-Bills game and have all the tickets sold. And maybe the stadium said, okay, but you have to start t- selling tickets now. Like, who knows? But ultimately, you just fucked over the Bills because you just gave that extra little bit of motivation to the Bengals.
1: Well, right, but now, why well, can't the Bengals start selling tickets like away fan, away game tickets to wherever they're going to play their next round?
0: Well, that's a good point. Well, then you're just you know saying, what I mean? You're like just, you're just giving Kansas City uh maybe. The, maybe they were already no, I don't know. You're right because if they were going to sell tickets to the Bills and the Chiefs game already, then they should have been able to sell tickets to the Chiefs and Bengals or the Jaguars and Bills for that matter.
1: Now, right? if the Jaguars won, if the Jaguars won, the Bengals got the home game. If the Bengals won and the Jaguars won.
0: Yeah, the only thing that mattered was the Chiefs-Bills. If right? they had won because of the, the way the standings finished with that canceled game. Because, yeah, Jaguars won. It would have been in Buffalo or it would have been in Cincinnati.
1: So that's my point is, well, you're preparing for one outcome. Why can't You're not wrong. Prepare? Why they can't should... we prepare for the other outcome?
0: It makes no sense that they were selling Chiefs-Bills tickets in atlanta and not selling Bengals, chiefs tickets in kansas city yeah if you're going to prepare for one then you have to prepare for the other one based on any just logic right like just any common sense so it is i don't know there's that's that's a good question because that's fucked up
1: yeah no i've always been good with good questions i've just never had good answers that's story well
0: most people who just have the questions don't get too far in life now do they Uh it's the ones who have the answers that really get a step ahead of everybody else. <laughs> I hate to tell you that, and if you're learning it now, we might be in some trouble for you. Um okay, so First that was What's up?
1: We got the fourth game.
0: The fourth game was the the Chiefs Jaguars.
1: Which yeah, that game that was fun. the
0: most exciting game because it was like you have a storyline, best player in the league arguably. Goes down with an injury. Chad Henney, who I didn't know was still alive because he's 75 years old, comes in, first drive that he's in, down the field, touchdown. You'd think Mahomes is going to be out for the rest of the game. Comes back, second half, comes back in the game. It is, again, he wasn't moving like Mahomes usually moves, but he was playing. And then the Jaguars looked like they were going to go down the field and score, and then Trevor Lawrence throws an interception uh, in the red zone, actually, no, it was not an interception. I am sorry, Trevor. He threw the ball to Jamal Agnew, who is not normally a wide receiver. He is a, listed as a wide receiver, but he's more of a return specialist. He actually came played Detroit with the Detroit Lions, more return specialist. Jamal Agnew caught the ball, fumbled it immediately. KC gets the ball back, and that was kind of the game, the play that ended that game, which was probably, I would say, arguably the most exciting game of the weekend. And it's the one that we thought was going to be a blowout. And I think the spread going into the game was like 13 and a half points.
1: So two points on that game. The first point, how much do you love the phrase, anything is possible. I like that one.
0: I I don't like it. I don't like puns. I know our listeners, some of them out there read back in London. I know he loves puns, so he'll like
1: that one. Yeah. Uh, The second one is a point you brought up earlier to me off the uh, mics was, The Patrick Mahomes injury, was that intentional? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about
0: that. Let's talk about that. I feel like that play is a dangerous play. I feel like that play is being taught to defenders to tackle high and fall straight down. And I'm not saying that defenders are trying to hurt star players, but it also has been the case in the past. There has been there has been evidence that players are trying to hurt other players to get them out of the game. That, to me, watching it back... like Originally watching the play, I was like, oh, crap, it fell on his ankle. And then watching the replay... And again, it's in slow motion and blah, 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 blah. It's easier to dissect things in slow motion. You don't really know. It just makes things look worse. I get that. But it did look like he went right down onto Mahomes' ankle. And it was something that he had planned to do.
1: See, did I not? don't know enough... I don't know enough about players being taught to tackle in a certain way that if that's a common thing that they're being taught, like, hey, if you do it like this, it increases the likeliness of some sort of ankle or leg or knee injury by this much, so do it. I can say just from watching the footage, it doesn't look to me that there's – because you were pointing out that like he kind of looks of where he's going to fall and he kind of goes for it. I couldn't really see it like that. However, I don't have that same background knowledge about the that tackling method that you're you're telling me here. And yeah, I could see that, you know, he's the best player in the league. If you can get him out of the game or kind of, you know, do what you do. I can see players doing that. Now, I don't want to say that that player did that because I just don't know enough. It did look innocent enough to me, but I feel like you might have a little more inside knowledge on this one than I do. I don't. I don't have more inside knowledge.
0: All I know is that at one point, they're not allowed to hit below the waist anymore on a quarterback. So now guys are just hitting high and falling straight down. It's also, but this is a problem that the NFL has created. It's not a problem that's, that's players are going, we have to do this. The NFL created these problems and they're continuing to create these problems by making it completely unknown. What is a legal way to tackle a quarterback? Because it seems like it seems like you're not allowed to tackle the quarterback anymore. So, any way it now it it looks like okay, hit him high and fall down. Like you can't bring a quarterback to the ground anymore. You can't hit a quarterback up high. You can't hit a quarterback down low. There's like such a small, it's like a strike zone that you're allowed to hit, and that's not even the strike zone doesn't even work in baseball anymore. And now they've applied it to quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's you
1: You can't even throw them down.
0: Yeah, you can't throw them down, you can't whip them around, you can't do anything.
1: You can't fall on them.
0: Yeah. It's insane what how you so how are you supposed to tackle a quarterback? I don't know. The NFL has created this problem with hitting quarterbacks and they're going to have to solve it. I feel like personally, the way to solve it is just tell the guys fucking hit the quarterback any way you want. Just don't be cheap about it. Don't be don't go after his knee. Like just try to hit him if you land on him, whatever. Don't drive him to the ground, but it's just there's so many things that it just seems like it's a common sense type of play that they call all the time without the referees
1: using common sense. It seems just from watching. And again, I've never been coached in football. So there's a lot of gaps in my knowledge there. It seems that the way to do it strategically and legally by the NFL standards is you kind of want to come at about the same height as him. Maybe your head a little bit below his shoulders. So you're not, getting like a head-on-head contact anything i can't you are almost like time wrapped.
0: out time out i just had to stop you because i cannot wait until you listen to this and when you hear the sentence you just said you are gonna laugh and you're gonna sound you're gonna be like i'm a fucking idiot and people are gonna laugh because of this timeout, and then they're gonna rewind and be like what did he say it's like just what the way you said the way you said, the, the, how do we come at these quarterbacks and then described it doesn't sound good for you. And I just wanted to make sure that we call the timeout so that everybody everybody can go back and listen to what you how you just phrased that. You made yourself look like a real Chris Collinsworth there. And we're back.
1: Well, I don't know if I want to continue now. I but don't I, think well, you should. <laughs> you almost want to wrap them around the arm so they eliminate uh, stops them from being able to throw can't right. throw it away. right? And then you take them down. So you're not going too low. You're not helmet to helmet taking their head. And then you actually take grabbing them, kind of wrapping around their arms and kind of their body going down with them. And then you can roll off. So you're not falling on them. It, it's a complicated procedure. Like it's, it's very
0: complicated.
1: The original way I remember like watching it as a kid was, do you remember Goldberg in the WCW? He had the How long could up- you forget
0: him? It's like 49 and zero.
1: Spear, you know, you just go a yeah. waste, spear him, take it, wrap the legs, rip them down, put, drive your shoulder through the body and snap him down. Takes him yeah, but everybody. the
0: driving it, right now I, in the NFL, the driving illegal. through the body is illegal. You could
1: get a 14 game suspension for that. And now. I
0: think that's why guys are, are wrapping quarterbacks up high and falling straight down.
1: Yeah.
0: It's because you can't drive yourself through them. So if you grab you them and then a just quarterback anymore. Yeah. Like if you wrap them around and then just fall to the ground, then you're not going to get a penalty. Whereas if you drive through and land on top of them, that's going to be a penalty.
1: Now, can we rewind this so I can hear what I said?
0: No, you're going to have to listen to uh, it after because it is. So I have to fucking tune in now. I have uh, to. Tune now in you now. have to listen. Yeah. Now um, you have to listen. I can't wait. Cause also like half of me now that I've overhyped it, you're just going to be like, I don't know what I said. I don't know what I said.
1: I, but you'll, I, I think never.
0: you'll hear it. I think everyone will hear it. We'll get our writers, our classic. We think we get like 35 people writing into the podcast now complaining about it. We'll get those same people back um, and they will not like that or they'll love it, depending on if they're bigs or littles. And that's how you call. That's a callback to the kink stuff at the beginning. That's a callback.
1: Yeah, you you got to turn on the comments on our social media so people can comment about this stuff.
0: Are the comments not turned on? I think they are. I don't
1: know. I've never seen a comment though.
0: <laughs> so, you <don't, laughs> so you don't listen to the podcast. You don't go, you don't follow our Instagram. No, no,
1: I'm saying I've never seen anyone comment.
0: You have a lack of knowledge of football in general. What are you contributing to us here? It's You're just someone that I can bounce ideas off of.
1: No, I'll tell you what I'm contributing. Who brought the Matus or the Mateus? Who brought that?
0: You brought that. You also started off with the kink stuff earlier too, so.
1: Well, that was a different subject.
0: And it I took
1: that. Anyway. Yeah.
0: That's how we got started on it, though. So this is what you do provide. You do provide entertainment, whether you think it or not.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> that I'm an entertaining guy.
0: I. That's why you're here. That's why we're. That's why we're both here. At least we think so. I don't know if anyone listens. Again, we don't. Might not have any listeners. Some yeah. people use us to fall asleep. Did you know that?
1: Hey, it's a sleep aid. Whatever you market yourself, however you can. Customers are customers.
0: That's true. I wouldn't. Hey, if we have a million listeners because they think that we're a sleep aid, I'm into that. We'll probably well, you know what? Fuck the kink stuff. We're now pillowcases. We spot we're sponsored by pillowcases.
1: Sure.
0: Actually, all this stuff kind of goes in together. The kink, the matuse, and the pillowcases. It's oh. like a package deal.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe we we're selling for
1: here. kink though.
0: Well, you sell the matuse first because that's what gets the confidence to get into the kink. Yeah,
1: and but then what the do kink, you sell? What's the product you're selling?
0: An experience. I'm selling an experience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I almost want to time out that one, but. I'm selling Please. an experience. What, why don't we talk about some of the awards, the uh, the potential finals?
0: This is a very good thing. Thank you for getting us back on topic. Um, which one do you want to go first? You want to go MVP? You want to go offensive player? You want to go defensive let's player? End on, let's end on the MVP. Let's, let's end on the, on the MVP. Uh, I'm going to like, ignore the point. assistant coach of the year, um, even though it's got. You know what? Let's go real quick. Assistant Coach of the Year didn't know it was an award until today. Ben Johnson, Offensive Coordinator of the Lions. D'Amico Ryans, Defensive Coordinator of the 49ers. Shane Stetchen, Offensive Coordinator of the Eagles. Now, I think all three of them were up for um, interviews as head coaches this year. Ben Johnson chose to stay with the Lions. D'Amico Ryans, I believe, gets a head coaching job somewhere. Shane Stetchen, I think he stays with Offensive Coordinator for the Eagles for this year. Again, anything you want to add to that? they their assistant coaches. Uh, I, the it? only thing
1: I'll say is, I... You know, we do have a little bit of Lions bias on this uh, podcast. I do like seeing that there's a Lions guy on there within the coaching awards because I get it's tough to put Dan Campbell. Why? In coach, in coach of the hear me out. Hear me out. Just because of the terrible first half of the season. Sure. So that that adds a blemish on the, the record. But I also think that worst, that terrible first half of the season and then being able to actually turn things around – that is a great sign of a good coach.
0: 100%. Like
1: that's, that's something that a good coach can do. So I also thought, hey, you know what? Maybe he should be in the conversation. And if there was maybe one more spot, I think definitely it should go to him. But you can't also just turn your head away from teams that are they weren't amazing last year and now they are really good.
0: Well, the one person I don't get that's... In, so it's Brian Dayball for the Giants. 100% absolutely needs to be there huge turnaround yeah. no problems with him being there Doug Peterson of the Jaguars again they were as bad as the line number one pick last year to the playoffs this year he should win the award no doubt first that, season yeah in his first season that is a hundred percent I believe that that is that is right Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers went to the Super Bowl last year did they two years ago why is he there same roster they just had some quarterback problems, but everyone knew already that the quarterback position in is kind of like, doesn't really matter there because of of because of
1: Kyle, Hanahan, Kyle Shanahan's coaching and how dynamic the players that they're putting together and all these amazing plays that he runs. This is why I'm trying to, trying to, um you know, justify the reasoning behind it. I yeah. like Dan Campbell in there just because I think a coaching thing is doing the most with the least.
0: And that's what they had. Like, think about this. So they would, they had their top three pick last year, number two overall, Aiden Hutchinson. They first game this year was against Philadelphia Eagles. They lost by three. That is a team that's still in the playoffs. Then they beat the Washington Commanders. Then they lost to the Minnesota Vikings, number two seed in the NFC this year. They only lost by four points. So they lost to the number one seed by three points the number two seed by four points. Then they lost to the Seattle Seahawks by three points, another playoff team. Then they got blown out by the New England Patriots, blah, 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 blah. Then they lost to the Dallas Cowboys, who also made the playoffs this year. Then they lost to the Dolphins, who also made the playoffs this year. Then they won three in a row, lost to the Buffalo Bills, won three in a row, lost to the Panthers. Yeah. And like, so look at the losses But the one in six record at the beginning, look at the teams they played and they lost just by three points. Like there's no, it it is bullshit that Kyle Shanahan is on a top three for coach of the year. It should easily, even if it's just a vote to be like, Hey, great fucking job. You almost got the lions, the playoffs. Would you think if the lions made the playoffs that he'd be on there instead of Kyle Shanahan?
1: I think so. I think what it is, though, and again, I'm just trying to justify because I I don't know football strategy as well as most, most football fans. That is, people are always enamored by his offensive ingenuity. Look at the players yeah. he has, though. Yeah, uh, but you, we've seen teams that have great players and they can't can't do anything creative with it. What are the Minnesota, he could literally like, be like, standing. Minnesota Vikings have you know. good players and all the move is just make sure that Jefferson you know it's like the players doing a lot of the work right you know it's not a lot of creative stuff there is there well
0: just that's what I'm saying he'll like,
1: so catch it
0: but, so why is Kyle Shanahan on there he could be sitting on the sideline with a cigarette in his mouth being like I don't know give it to McCaffrey this time I don't know give it to Debo this time I don't know Ayuk throw it up who cares we got so many guys give Jushek a chance let's go it doesn't matter so why is he on here their offense is just as good as it was last year. And the only reason he's on here right now as a coach leader candidate is because they had two quarterbacks go down. Who cares? Dan Campbell did way more with a team that has less talent than Shanahan. I mean, I'm not way more, but he got more out of a team with less talent than Shan- than Shan- Then has a team that has all the talent. So he technically doesn't need to be there. And it's, a sit- I guess it's, I did say that it's the system that is the reason they don't need a quarterback, which does help his case for coach of the year because his system's so good. But he, they were there last year, and they're there the year before, and next year they're going to be in the playoffs again. So why? I don't. I just don't know why he should be.
1: Do you know if, was he? The, the the. Was he a finalist for the coach of the year any of the last two years? You I don't know that's, know.
0: that's a good question. But
1: because, I mean, if
0: he's if he's coach of the year with a team like that, and the other two are teams that had huge turnarounds. Then why is why are the Philly why is Philly Eagles and Sirianni not on here? You know what I mean? Why is Andy yes. Reed and the Chiefs not on here? They won 12 games. Why are they not on there? Why is um the Buffalo Bills head coach? Why is he not on here? If that's where they're going by, because I don't know why the 49ers are any different than those other teams. Whereas the Jaguars and Giants had huge turnarounds in wins. Whereas the 49ers have the same, they had the same rate right where they're supposed to be. So I feel like Dan Campbell got absolutely screwed over in this.
1: Sure. Uh, it's a valid point. And you know what?
0: I'm all for it because if you need to give anyone any more motivation, it's not Detroit Lions. It's not Dan Campbell. It's not that city. You have just You're just giving them more. Give them more. They're going to come harder next year. They're going to come faster next year. They're going to come stronger next year. And this is just going to help with that because I guarantee you that the guys on that team that busted their ass off for him all year are going to be pissed that he's not on this list. And now, now I'm fired up. Let's move on. To you're fired
1: one. up. So should we go to the uh, defensive rookie of the year then if you're fired up?
0: Uh, yeah, because there's a, a Lions player in there, but I'm going to go the opposite way with this. So right now it's Sauce Gardner from the Jets, Aiden Hutchinson from my Detroit Lions, Tariq Wolin Woolen from the Seahawks. And I as much as Aiden Hutchinson had a great year this year, Sauce Gardner's a he could be just on the defensive player of the year list. Yeah. That's it's just a little bit of like, great job, Aiden. Great job, Tariq. But Sauce Gardner, this is his award. Yeah. He could just be a defensive player of the year. Doesn't need to be defensive rookie of the year. He was outstanding this year.
1: I agree. He did, he did have a great season. And he was, I think he was kind of in Hudson took a little bit longer to kind of get into the groove of things where yeah, he was, you know, making a bigger impact. He was a good player from the get go. I think he yep. had a great first game, didn't he? Yep. Uh, but uh, Woolen, I don't think Woolen really picked it up until maybe a few games into the season as well.
0: He's on the list, but he is,
1: it's like, he's, I f- think that's one, far, two, three in that order that they'd get
0: it. 100%. And I think the difference between Woolen and the other two guys is huge. Is huge, but Woolen had a great year, and he's going to be a great addition to the Seahawks for the next five to 10 years, hopefully, for them. Um, but I do think Sauce Gardner, plus his name is Sauce, and that swagger he has wearing the cheese hat in Green Bay, I'm all for him, having it all no, for him. Despite Green Bay. Anything, anything. Despite
1: Green Bay. that's where you got your vote,
0: anything despite Green Bay. Um, offensive rookie of the year, Brock Purdy, QB 49ers, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, New York Jets. Kenneth Walker, running back, Seahawks. To me, this is also an easy one. Um, What do you think? What's your answer for this?
1: I like Kenneth Walker.
0: Uh, You're kind of biased.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: A little bit. I think this is Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson has this locked in.
1: Now, for the Jets, have you seen that little rumor about uh, Aaron Rodgers potentially going to the Jets? Yes you think there's much validity to that?
0: I do, because he's very close with all of the people in that organization. Apparently, he has called um, Zach Wilson before and kind of like mentored him about about some stuff before the season started. So I know he's close with that kid. And I feel like if Zach Wilson is going to be comfortable with anyone starting ahead of him, it could be Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Green Bay Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers to a team in the same conference, the NFC. Um, so the Jets makes a ton of sense.
1: They He can even keep his number?
0: He can even keep his number. Yeah. Joe Namath said he'd give it up to him, right? So. Which who Now, cares? what do they
1: have to give up? Uh, numbers. They probably rough.
0: have to give up a couple first-round picks, which I don't know if it's worth it for a team that wants to rebuild for two years with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. But I think Garrett Wilson gets this. Um, now Brock Purdy might be more valuable Offensive Rookie of the Year. Kenneth Walker might be a more valuable Offensive Rookie of the Year, but as far as just offensive stats and um, production goes, Garrett Wilson takes this award.
1: See, yeah, if you could expand it through the playoffs, Brock Purdy 100%, without a shadow of doubt.
0: Yes, if you can expand it through the playoffs, maybe.
1: But you can't. You can't. And so, just with that, uh, he is uh, just too late in the season. He came in. Yeah. But I see, think it's remarkable he got his name in there.
0: Oh, yeah. I was actually shocked to see his name on there. Shocked. Yeah. But I mean, considering what he's doing, they might just do it just to like give him a tap in the back, yeah. which they could have done for uh, Dan Campbell, but they didn't. So, fuck them. Let's. So, we actually talked about this, I think, week five or week six comeback player of the year. We asked: Is it is Geno Smith even eligible to be a comeback player of the year, considering he's not coming back from anything? Yeah, Saquon Barkley comes back from a knee injury last but year. But to add
1: to that, we did find the answer: It's not coming back. It's somebody who overcame some form of adversity. Yes.
0: So Geno Smith should win this award because he just overcame ten years of
1: adversity, right? Yeah, it's a very tough one because. He was always around. That's what I so mean. He was just waiting for his moment. Injuries, you could say, like, they can just end your career right there. He was healthy. He was eligible. So it's a very, like, different issue. Everyone fight, everyone's adversity is very different. It's hard to measure your pain versus my pain. Like, who who had a worse situation, right? That's, That's a, a good- very tough one to, to kind of measure. It's almost like discounting somebody else's hardship. Well, you're not Trump. wrong.
0: Like there's cuz Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley who were also up for this award overcame injuries. Yeah. Geno sure. Smith just overcame not playing for 10 years, like not playing as a starter, like yeah. and he just I, kept I, putting in the effort and more effort and more effort I, every offseason. I feel like if it was
1: better. someone like uh Tyrod or Tyrod Taylor who his not playing was a lot of just bad luck Could you not make the argument that a lot of Geno Smith's problem was he just wasn't playing to the right caliber? I know sometimes it's the team situation. It's not the right opportunity. But I I can't even remember that far back now. Like, was it just you didn't play great? And that's why you weren't? Well, he
0: was just, yeah, he wasn't great. And then he was just a backup in places he went. And then he was behind Russell Wilson, who was Russell Wilson in Seattle. So he's not going to get that job until they traded him. And then even at the beginning of the year, he wasn't going to be the starter. It was going to be Drew Locke. He won it in training camp. So again, I don't know what he's coming back from. He's just a better player. Most improved most improved player of the year he should get. Comeback player of the year, I think that's more Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah, I think so too, because also Christian McCaffrey, he's had two big injuries over the last, I don't know how many years. Dude, but uh... when he comes back to play, he's never dropped off. Right. He's always been good. Yeah. He just had some major injuries and it just was time away from the game. That's all. Yeah. Barkley diminished a little bit. He had an amazing rookie season and then had some injuries. And then when he'd come back, he was just not even the same for I think, you know, there was one season where he played like I don't know, let's say like 11 12 games or something, got injured again. But he wasn't the same in those games. Yeah, like even now, last year. This year. Yeah, last year even. This year he was looking like his rookie season. Like he's just that same Back. player.
0: Yeah. Now he wants like $14 million a year or something like that. Something ridiculous. He probably won't get it. People don't pay that much money for running backs anymore.
1: No, because you get used when you're that good, you get used so much and you get hurt. It's yeah. 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 So I can I, definitely see uh, as much as I do love the Gino story, I can see it going to Barkley.
0: The Geno story is great, but it's most improved at for him. It's, mo- it's The only flaw for Geno Smith is they don't have a most improved player award. Yeah. So comeback player of the year, I just don't think that he fits into this. Sorry about it, but I just don't. Um, let's do defensive player of the year. Nick I Bosa, the 49ers, the Chris yeah. Johnson, Chiefs, Micah Parsons, Cowboys. Now all the Cowboys fans are just going to scream that it's going to be Micah Parsons. I think it's Nick Bosa.
1: I feel like that one will be the least disputed one at all. Micah Parsons was great. No doubt about that. I just think Nick Bosa won this award throughout the entirety of the season.
0: Yeah. It's when you're the best player on the best defense, it's, and like, he's the best player on that defense almost by far. He just, he had a amazing- great. And he had an amazing year. He was double teamed all the time. It's just like Micah Parsons next year, probably maybe the favorite, but Nick Bosa, I think, wins this award. I so. um, and I, I, that's, I just, don't, yeah, I don't even know what else to say about it. Sorry, Cowboys fans, I know you're gonna be upset about it, but too, too fucking bad. Um, offensive player of the year, Jalen Hurts, QB, Philly Eagles. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, Vikings. Patrick Mahomes, QB, Chiefs. Now, this is an important category because all of the MVPs are also offensive players. So, does the it's always the, I don't know, the age-old question for me is, if you're the MVP, wouldn't you also be the Offensive Player of the Year? Now, that wasn't true last year with Cooper Cup as Offensive Player of the Year, and I don't even know who was MVP last year. Um, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, no? Huh? Yes, it was Aaron Rodgers, yeah, because two years in a row. So, basically, I guess that Offensive Player of the Year, they go by Offensive Statistics, which, sure, but I feel like there's some names missing from this then. Um, like Josh Jacobs.
1: So, I think like my take on this is this is what I think happens: Jefferson gets this one, and a QB gets the MVP.
0: So let's let's talk about these together then. Offensive Player of the Year: Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes are nominations, and the MVP is Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes. So three of those names are also. In the offensive player category, plus then Burrow and Allen. Now, I agree with you. I think Offensive Player of the Year goes to Justin Jefferson because they're going to be more likely to give the MVP
1: to a quarterback. Yeah, so That's what they do.
0: The thing about Jefferson is he had amazing yards. He
1: didn't get any touchdowns, though, this year.
0: Well, yeah, here's the thing. Low. We talked about this. I said this every fucking week. Kurt Cousins is not a good quarterback. No. And Justin Jefferson is the only player that's on this MVP list that is not the quarterback of their team. want to know why? It's because all fucking Kirk Cousins had to do was throw the ball as high as he could and Justice Jefferson would find out where it's going to land and go up and grab it. So yeah. that that is why he's on this list. Now, he better win Offensive Player of the Year award because they're going to give MVP to a quarterback. It's probably going to be Patrick Mahomes because he lost his biggest weapon. And I throw quotes up because his biggest weapon is technically... Um Kels, but they Kels lost Tyree bigger. Kill. So you could yeah, argue much that much bigger than Tyree Kill. Sure, but fast.
1: Oh, so I thought you meant like size That's biggest. You no, know, like weapon,
0: like his biggest weapon. I know what you meant. <laughs> Fuck you then. Why are you be like that? But it's like it's why you gotta time out me to make fun of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's only fitting that Justin Jefferson's on this list. And it's not Kirk Cousins because Justin Jefferson was that team. That's why that team is no longer in the playoffs because you need a quarterback to compete in the playoffs of this NFL, minus maybe what Brock Purdy's doing. But Brock Purdy also wasn't doing all the turnovers and stupid shit that Kirk Cousins was doing. And Brock Purdy looks like a hell of a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins does because Kirk Cousins looks like trash because Kirk Cousins is trash. That is why Justin Jefferson's on this MVP list.
1: It's the MVP one, and, you know, it's been talked about many a times. I'm not the first person to bring this up by a long shot. But it doesn't work the same way in football as it does in a lot of other sports. Right. Just because the players' roles are so different. You know, like QB is such an important position because everything goes through them, right? Everything. The if your QB can't make a team. throw, your receivers, your receivers can't do well.
0: Which is why Justin Jefferson's on this list.
1: And I think he has to take one of them. He's if you he you don't to. want to give him the MVP, you got to give him the offensive. player. Has to.
0: He's the reason. He's got
1: to take home one of those two awards.
0: He's the reason they won that many games. He's the reason the Vikings won that many games. Yeah. His sure, as shit wasn't Kirk Cousins.
1: Well, he was smart enough to throw it in his direction.
0: I don't even think that he knew he was throwing it in his direction. I think he was just throwing it. What side of the field is Jefferson on? Okay, all I have to do is throw. That's it That's his the right direction. Side of the field. That's his direction. He's a fifty-fifty shot at that point. <laughs> If you're just going left or right, it's a 50-50 shot. Okay, so if we have Jefferson as offensive player of the year, who do you have as MVP?
1: That's such a tough one. That is really tough one. Personally, I think I take Josh Allen out of it, not because I don't like him. I think he's just a little bit sloppier than the rest of the guys, and I think that showed in that playoff game. Not that that has anything to do with this award because it's a regular season award. Right, But he seems like he makes more bigger mistakes than the other guys. I really like Jalen Hurts because I think he was doing great from game one through week 18. He didn't really stumble. Okay. Joe Burrow didn't come out hot. You know, he, he had a great season if you look at it cumulatively, but he wasn't the guy the entire time, right? Like Bengals didn't come out hot. They only got hot at the end, like second half of the season and just kind of took over then. Right. Again, if you can adjust this all through the playoffs, I think a lot of this changes. But personally, I like either Patrick, McCom- Patrick Mahomes or uh, Jalen Hurts. A lot of people I know, they're not going to like Hurts because, you know, the argument of, you know, they he played a lot worse teams than a lot of the other teams. Their strength of schedule wasn't as bad, wasn't as good.
0: Right. I think you're right. I think it comes down to Mahomes and Hurts. Joe Burrow will win an MVP one day. He will win at least one. Uh, Josh Allen, probably, you know what? The Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, all in that conference are going to be, they're going to battle for the next 10 years and it's going to be very exciting. I think Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes take, like maybe they go alternating MVPs for like the next five or six years. And maybe Josh Allen grabs one of those somewhere, but this year specifically, and I'll go back to the coach of the year award. The Eagles were trash last year. Absolute trash. They went out, they got a wide receiver for Jalen hurts. If you're not going to nominate that coach as a coach of the year with your team being one of the most improved teams, then it's something, it's somebody. And what better reason to say it's Jalen Hurts? Because his game has completely changed this year. He's been dominant. He's been exciting. He's been everything you could want as an as a MVP for your team. And they weren't, we saw in the last two out of the three games that with Gardner Minshew in there, it wasn't the same team. It's Jalen Hurts is Is riding that team. You could argue, even though this is a dumb argument and I don't agree with it, but you can say anything's possible. Anything's possible. Chad Henny went in there, fucking threw a touchdown on his first, like his first drive with this team. So there's a point against Patrick Mahomes, but Minshew in there, the Eagles fucking sucked. So I think this year that this award should go to Jalen Hurts. Do I think he will win it? No, I bet you it'll be Patrick Mahomes, but I feel Jalen Hurts is this year's most valuable player.
1: I, with that point, I do agree. I don't think he will win it, but I think he definitely does deserve it. Uh, another point, just to add to that, who did uh, who was he backing up? Jalen Hurts before last year. Jalen
0: Hurts. Oh, wow. was he it was... Uh,
1: Fulton, um, Nick uh... Nick Foles?
0: He was the backup to Nick Foles.
1: Yeah, that was an abysmal season. Neither one of them was getting anything done. And do you remember when um, uh, Jalen Hurts started coming in for some games? People were saying this guy's not the guy. This no, guy's they, not they the were guy. like,
0: he's a running back. He's a running back. He can't play quarterback. He can't play quarterback.
1: Yeah. They, there was a lot of people saying, he's not the guy. Let's, you know, like why are we even putting time into hurts here? He's yeah. not going to be the guy. And I disagreed the whole time. I was like, you got to give a guy a chance first. Like, you know.
0: Yeah. For, for sure.
1: You know, especially you put a guy into a, a player who has v- limited to no experience in a situation that's not going well and you're expecting him to just succeed immediately, that's it. It's absurd. You got to let the guy, get into a rhythm, let understand the plays, understand how to be a pro, just play at that level for a bit. And he showed right away, like, give me a chance and I can show you, I can do it. And I liked him from the get go, just because how he carried himself and all everything about him. But I think that shows why he is an MVP caliber player.
0: I agree. I agree. And now I, uh, We'll see what happens. I don't know when they announce these awards. I think it's.
1: I think it's. Wrong. Oh, it's
0: next year when the the um, February 9th winners will be announced at the NFL Honors ceremony on February 9th. Yeah. So it's right days, before the Super Bowl, isn't it? Right before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll find out on February 9th. Now, let's talk about the games coming up this weekend. We got two of them. We got 12 p.m. Sunday, Eagles. In Philadelphia versus San Francisco 49ers. where the Eagles are favorites to win by two and a half points? I didn't get that off-bet stamp. That was my own findings. Um who you got in this game? Two and a half points. Eagles favorites in Philadelphia. I'll say this. I Philly haven't been, ruthless.
1: I haven't been this excited for a weekend of games in a while. Like these are both, to me, like gonna be. I think they're both going to be amazing games.
0: I think so too. I don't
1: see any letdowns here. It's a real tough one. I don't think Philly has been adequately tested to show who they really are. Not to say that they're not going to be good. I just don't think we've seen them have to be their best. Yeah. In this kind of like a game that matters. I don't think they played a game that matters other than last week. All I... season.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They haven't played a game that matters all season. And I think we, I like, I'm excited to see what they can actually do because I think they are a good team. I don't think they're a joke. I think they they're not as good as the record shows, but they're still not, you know, they're, they're, they're a good team. The 49ers have shown us who they are. We know they're amazing.
0: Now there's only, I mean, there's one person that you can use to argue this point, but, A rookie quarterback can only get you so far. And I think this is a game that Brock Purdy just can't win. It's in Philadelphia. You know those fans are going to be ruthless. Yeah, You you know that the Phillies' defense is amazing. Their offensive line is amazing. Even though they look a little banged up, they took it to the New York Giants last week. Now, I mean, I don't. I think the Philadelphia offense is better than the San Francisco defense, which is the two best. You could argue the two best in the NFC, and then you could argue that San Francisco is the best defense in the league. I just think that Brock Purdy struggles so. in this one. You have to throw touch. He didn't throw any touchdowns last week. You have to throw touchdowns to win the Super Bowl, and if he can't do that, then th- this Eagles team is going to win. And it, I just hope it's a close game.
1: Yeah. I'm not no, saying can, that they're going to blow
0: him out. I just hope that it's not a blowout.
1: I think you're right. I think the Eagles, I'm going to back the Eagles right now. But this is, I, I, I could go so many different ways on this. Here's the other thing. This is such a long shot. This is, it shouldn't even be put into words because it's so ridiculous to say. But Brock Purdy, if he can win this and get to the Super Bowl, that's on pace for Tom Brady.
0: Yeah. Because Tom yeah. Brady started the same that's way. I mean, that's Game the one the person. Player. That's the one person you have to argue. In your that's favor it. For. And
1: you You're know, the only like one. to be the next Tom Brady is such a long shot for anybody. You know, you can't like that's what he did is with seven Super Bowls like that, and it just his his playoff statistics and records are just is beyond anybody oh, it's else. Insane. It's the so same. It's not nobody else is comparable in the same conversation. But to do that, you got to be on pace with that. And Brock Purdy's got the shot right now. He does, he but... It doesn't seem like he gets phased that much. Like, I don't know if he'll get in his own head and just start, like, imploding.
0: Well, worst case but, scenario But, like, for as him. you
1: said, he might just not be able to do enough.
0: Worst case scenario for him is Eagles get up two touchdowns early. And then they have to start throwing the ball a little bit deeper than those seven-yard routes that they like or those um, passes to the running backs that they have. It's just, if they get down big, they... Brock, Purdy won't be able to throw, won't be able to use his arm to get them back in the game. So they have to hold steady and that's their best chance of winning this game. But I still think in a close one, I still think the Eagles win this, win this game. And I think it's a great game too. I think it's a game that'll be talked about for a while. Yeah. Now like 3.30 PM game. This I thought, man, it's a, is a rivalry. This is the the fourth game in what seems to be the start of a, the next big rivalry. Chiefs in Kansas city versus Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are favorites to win by one point. They have beat Joe Burrow has beat the chiefs every single time, all three games. He has beat the chiefs. That's hard to beat a team three times. Can you beat them four times on their own turf or grass, whatever it is they have there in Kansas city. Joe Burrow seems to be Tom Brady right now.
1: Last week, this is our only... like We are a one-sided dimension of analyzing the Chiefs games. How many TDs did number 87 have for the Chiefs?
0: Last week? Yeah. Two?
1: Yeah, two TDs. Yeah. Anytime you're letting Kelsey do well, they win. They just... like I, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm not a statistician by any means. But I'm saying, I'm promising you there's a direct correlation between Kelsey having a good game and the Chiefs winning. Yes. The last time Cincinnati and the Chiefs played, Kelsey maybe had his worst game of the season. Yep. Perhaps. They shut him down. That's the secret. That's just that's the secret. Just triple team him. Leave everybody else open. Make everybody else have to step their game up.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what you have to do. We've been saying that anytime, anytime we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs team, like any game they've been in – the key is to stop Travis Kelsey from getting the ball and you have a chance of winning that game.
1: hundred percent. And I think the Bengals are the one team that get that just make somebody else have to step up, make somebody else have to make the big plays. Yeah. And we're not going to let you do it. Somebody else does it. I don't care.
0: Yeah. It always seems like there's these storylines where one team just can't seem to beat the other team. They just can't get it done. Three games in a row, I don't think is enough. So I think the Bengals win this one. And then next season, it's like, oh, this is the team that the Chiefs just can't seem to beat. Just the team that the Chiefs can't seem to beat. And it, I think then that story becomes something that's a little more like elevated to the point where like, they finally did it. They finally did it because three isn't enough, but four could do that. Plus I do have the Bengals in my uh, playoff bracket to win the Super Bowl. So I feel like I very much will be rooting for the Bengals in this game.
1: I see too. I, I'm i on the, the Bengals bandwagon fully, as we said before. Last year, I just wanted to see Stafford win. But other than that, I didn't care about the, the LA Rams.
0: Yeah, Bengals winning would be a great story for football. Joe Burrow seems to be not only likable, but very, very good. Top three quarterback in the league. Um. And case, Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, like all those guys. The defense is great. Mix him? Yeah. I love as, good, as good of a running back as you can ask for. Exactly, yeah. And they control the game with the running back. And then Samajay Perrine, back at him up, who's getting a ton of plays now. It's just that team just seems like a destiny team. If you have to say that about any of these four teams, the Bengals just seem like that destiny team right now.
1: They also, they have that motivation of being there last year. Yes. Being really they close. Yeah. Because they, 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 like. they didn't get blown out. They were in that game.
0: Yeah. those was a great Super Bowl last year. We, could, we can only hope this year's Super Bowl is going to be as good as last year's. And I yeah. think Bengals versus Eagles will give us that. Yeah. I hope so. Anything else you want to say to uh, everyone listening?
1: No, there's two guys that also have a podcast. I think it's a little bit more popular than ours. It's the Kelsey brothers.
0: Yeah, they could be.
1: They could potentially be facing each other.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs versus Eagles in the Super Bowl. That would do it.
1: Who do you root for in that situation? The
0: Chiefs versus Eagles? Yeah. Which Nobody brother? Either. I don't even care the team. Which, I'm which angry would about that? both of them. Probably not Travis Kelsey. Probably yeah, Jason Jason. Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I feel like he's the older brother that has a little more like, yeah, sure, Travis scores touchdowns all the time, but I'm cooler
1: than he is. Well, he's also one of those guys of, like, his position, when he does well, it doesn't really get any notoriety. Like, it's not it's not a highlight. It's just, that's great. He does a lot of stuff that doesn't, like, when he's doing well, it doesn't really show. It's if he makes a mistake, then, oh, it's a massive blunder. Like, it looks terrible and stuff, right? But he's a solid player, right? Oh, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. It's great. But it's not a highlight real position.
0: All pro player. No, it's not. But I hope we don't have to talk about that because I very much would like the Bengals to win
1: so that I can win. I think I'm on the bankers.
0: Let's hope so. I'm going to knock on wood right now. That's that knocking sound. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week after these games are over. Uh, Next week, we will not preview the Super Bowl. We will talk about the previous week's games that are upcoming this weekend, if that makes any sense to you. Um, And then we'll just talk a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of bullshit. Maybe we'll go to a kink convention and do more research.
1: We don't Uh, know. I was going to say, we're going to talk more nonsense this week, next week than this week. Yeah, we have to,
0: because the week after that, it's going to be our Super Bowl preview special. Nonsensical. Okay. So next week is going to be a bunch of nonsense. I'm in. So get whatever topic you have ready. We're going to need it next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Enjoy the weekend. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by The Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the
1: Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.